Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything sports. Uh, Happy New Year and welcome back after a couple of weeks off uh, for the holidays with not much locally going on. We're back for our podcast, um, our weekly podcast in 2022. I'm sports editor Dandy Adana, along with our assistant sports editor, Will Kennedy. And we, uh, you know, not a lot of local stuff happened over the break, but a little bit did. But obviously the big story of the break was, you know, the college football playoff and all the big time bowl games and everything that happened around New Year's. Um, So Will, I mean, as our resident college football expert, I mean, did the let's start with the semifinals, uh, Alabama beating Cincinnati and Georgia beating Michigan. Did those happen the way you expected? And I mean, what how did you feel about just the way think, those semifinals went down? I think Alabama Cincinnati was relatively what I expected. I knew Cincinnati's offense wasn't going to be able to match up with Alabama's insane defense. And um, Cincinnati's defense made Alabama struggle quite a bit. Uh, they held it close until really the end of the third quarter, early fourth quarter. So I was like, I was proud of my, my group of five representation there. Um, it really validated that, you know, a group of five team could be in the playoff and deserves to be in the playoff, especially considering what happened a few hours later to uh, the big 10 champions, second ranked team in the country. Uh, they got absolutely dominated from the jump and Cincinnati had a much better, much better, much better showing than them. Um, so that really validates the whole group of five deserve a spot in the playoff kind of argument to, to me. Um, however, the, the second semifinal, the orange bowl, that game did not really go as I anticipated. I thought Georgia would win by maybe like 10 points or so. I thought it would be a close game, um, but it was not close at all. I mean, it was 27 to three at halftime. Um, game was really over at that point, And then Georgia's kind of messed around the second half. Um, I think Michigan scored a touchdown at the end to make it like a 22 point game. Um, but I mean, it was far, far more of a blowout than the score indicated. I think Georgia could have won by 50 if they really wanted to. Um, so that really just sets up a, uh, an exciting rematch, an all-SEC rematch uh, for the title game, Alabama versus Georgia, uh, which I think will be a better game than the first time they played. Um, but again, it's going to be – gonna be. I mean, they're the two best teams in the country. I don't think anybody has any doubts about that. They're the two teams that should be playing for the national title. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see what happens if it's, if it's any changes, if, you know, it's hard to beat the same team twice in any sport, um, especially football. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but no, uh, Michigan's uh, underwhelming performance definitely surprised me. And now, uh, in the past 24 hours, David Ajabo and Aiden Hutchinson both officially declared for the draft. Um, and there were swirling rumors, nothing confirmed here or there that Jim Harbaugh might go back to the NFL as well. So, um, Michigan could go from a fantastic season to being really down bad next year if all of those things uh, come to fruition. For sure. I mean, I doubt Harbaugh's leaving. I mean, he wanted to kind of set a tradition where this is this kind of season was the norm. So I, I just just I w- I would be surprised if he if he left after finally getting to the spot once. I feel like he wants to 
kind of cement his legacy a little bit differently. But at the same time, or he might know it's not going to happen again for a long time, so he's leave on top. Right. That also that also could be true. That would be the one reason I would believe any rumor now. Um, but yeah, just it's going to definitely be different. Uh, those two, Hutchinson and Ojabo, they're I mean. First rounders uh, in the NFL draft, I would guess. Um, One of them could be first overall. In, in right, right. So it's uh, it's it's just uh, interesting, interesting how that all played out. And I just, after playing so well against Ohio State and playing very well against Iowa, they they really did not play well at all. I mean, like Georgia played well. Georgia played but, fantastic for the first half, at least. But Michigan played horrible. Yeah, Michigan like it was, awful. it was really, it was really awful. It looked like, it looked like, I mean, I know that this is not the case. I would hope that this is not the case. I should say mentally, but it, like, it kind of looked like they were complacent with being in the playoff, and that was it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Georgia kind of had that moment against the sec title game against alabama when they kind of got blown out and really saw their first adversity of the entire season because everybody had been hyping up including myself about how amazing georgia is and how good this georgia defense is um and then alabama just kind of took it to them so i think they sort of had a mental reset where it's like all right we can't mess around anymore this is the playoff this is you know we just got our, our tails handed to us in, in the sec title game we got to really take this seriously so i think they took it to another level than they had been all season and I just think Michigan couldn't compete with like bodies in the trenches. I mean, you see Aiden Hutchinson and David Jabba who have been getting this great get off off the, off the edges all year. They were just getting pancaked by the, by these Georgia offensive linemen and, and offensive line isn't even a particular strength of Georgia. It's just, they're getting bodied and bodied and bodied over and over and over again. And he just couldn't compete in the trenches. And when you can't compete in the trenches, you can't compete in the back end. Um, and that just started, you know, football's won there. And when you can't compete there, you're not gonna be able to compete anywhere else. And, sure. and Michigan's offense just didn't play well. Cade McNamara had a horrible game. Um, yeah, he threw it. He didn't look in sync at all. He threw it to a. Uh, he threw an interception to a Georgia defender in the end zone, and there was no Michigan receiver within like ten yeah. yards of him. It looked yeah, like that it, was. It looked like it was a touchdown pass to a Georgia receiver more so than right. Right, it was really Very strange. Yeah. And then the Michigan wide receivers like you know stopped in the middle of the routes and made it easier for the DBs to get interceptions. It, it was just a. A lot of miscommunications, a lot of not really great play from Michigan, like you said. But even if Michigan was firing on all cylinders, I still think Georgia would have dominated that game. Yeah, I mean, well, if it's all – I mean, even if Michigan was playing well, if they were getting beat on the line, then that's, you know, you can do. it's kind of what how things go. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what the SEC – brings and everybody thinks there's a not everybody people think there's this sec bias that just proved it right there that they yeah. have i mean the sec is 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 very top heavy i think michigan could beat 80 percent of teams in the sec relatively easily uh right. when you got teams like alabama and georgia on the top end of it it doesn't matter who's on the back end you're gonna have you're gonna have a national title that the winner that year. for sure it just seems like they're they're non-skill players positions are faster in the SEC, oh, um, I, I, oh it just seems it just has always it has always seemed that way to me. They're they're bigger and they're quicker, I would say, yeah. um, and that just comes from it's sort of a, a a vicious cycle in terms of you know Nick Saban, obviously a really good recruiter, um, 
but when you're that good for that long, do you really even have to recruit or can you just show up to a kid's house with the Alabama logo on your chest and be like, Hey, right. be like, Hey, we want you. And they're like, Oh, we want you. Oh, absolutely. They want me. What? That's a, that's a much harder sell for, especially because as, as I'm not biased in this, it's, it's very factual evidence that football talent comes from the South and South Florida and Texas and California. Right. It's a hard sell to get a kid from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, like myself to move up to Michigan and play football in the cold weather when you could right. play at Alabama or Georgia or Clemson even. So, so that, that's a harder sell. Um, For sure. And, it's, and, and Big Ten football in general is just a very different brand of football than, than most college football is these days. It's very like, you know, pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it. It's getting away from that, but, but that's just the, the sort of uh, reputation it has. So that, that probably hurts it too if you're not a big-bodied dude. Um, right. I mean, Devonta Smith from, from Bama, I mean, he's a skill guy, but he was like as heavy as me. I weigh 150. Um, right. He's a tall little stick dude, but he dominates in that in that Alabama offense because he has speed and he can go get the ball. Um, right. So that's just what it comes down to is, is, is recruiting battles. And, you know, if you get enough kids from the South to want to come to Michigan and be in the cold weather in this torrential snowstorm we're having currently, um, right. that's impressive because not a lot of kids from the South are going to want to do that. Right. And you got to and you got to figure too playing the Big Ten style game, like you were saying, the the. Big Ten champion, whoever the Big Ten champion is, has to have a great defense because that's that's where it's won. And Michigan proved it. Obviously, they did. I mean, I did. They didn't play as well against Georgia, but um, but they didn't have the offense of a national champion. No, they did not. And you can't win if you don't have both sides of it. I mean, there's very you know, um, I mean, when Michigan won the national championship in 1997, they were even more. No, it was probably pretty similar. Their their defense was like the best defense in the country. It was yeah. great. It was historically good. The, yeah. They they had had like the least least amount of yards per catch allowed in NCAA history that year, and they had Woods they had Woodson, and it made sense. And you know, I had all these guys, um, but the offense got it, it done. Like that, it was still not everything wasn't spread back then. You know, so like they did enough to get it done. Yeah. And it was a clear step ahead of this because it looked, even if it wasn't working, you knew it could at any point. Mm-hmm. Whereas Michigan's offense this year and in past few years, you can tell it's out of sync right away. You know, like there's not, it's, it doesn't have that, that flow and it doesn't have that like old big 10 pound the ball and then wait for your opening of a pass. You know what I mean? Like Michigan uh, this year is very one dimensional. It was right. And it, and it just, it was predictable. It was. And a lot of that went back to their, their star wide receiver, whose name escapes me at the moment. He got, he tore his ACL in the first game of the season. So a lot of right. that went back to that. Right. But still you got 12 games to figure it out and to, to scheme up something else offensively in terms of a pass. Right. And plus you, you had what, three, that. four weeks to get ready for this game. Yeah. yeah. That's what that's the part of it that just makes it so difficult. I know you're out of sync not playing every week, you know, for a couple of weeks, but you had all that time to prepare and it just yeah. and, and the thing is like like you say, I mean, like Michigan's defense is fantastic this year, and, and obviously Georgia's defense, all the all the CFP semifinal teams, defenses are are fantastic. Like all mm-hmm. of them have legitimate guys who are going to be first round picks on that defensive end. Um or that defensive side of the ball, I should say, not defensive ends. Um, but in, in college football in the year of our Lord, 2022, now 2021 season, 2022 um, defense, isn't the thing that's winning championships. Like you need a good defense to get there, but your offense is winning that championship. 
that, right. that's why Heisman Trophy winners are always offensive. You see college football games ending routinely with 40 to 50, like 45 to 50 score, even right. against a good defense, you're going to need to score a ton of points to win because the offense right. on the other side is probably just as good. Um, right. I mean, the, the I hate it to be honest. I hate it. I love it. I hate that. It's so much fun. It is I so hate fun. it. And I was a wide receiver and I still hate it. Like, it, is so much fun. it makes everything. I mean, to me, like I, I love a good defensive battle and everything, but it, it makes it so much more entertaining when it's just back and forth and back and forth. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys will, I'm sure Michigan state fans listening had to watch the last quarter of the music city bowl because, uh, it went to overtime and they delayed uh, going to the Michigan state game for the whole first quarter. Uh, because right. the city bowl was so insane. It was like back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And uh, I think there was another game where there was like five touchdowns scored in a hundred, 120 seconds of, of game action or something like that. And it was just marvelous. It was beautiful. And I loved every second of it. Um, <laughs> That's funny. I mean, I, I have a different, I'm a different breed, I guess. Now I, I mean, I grew up within a mile of Michigan stadium back when it was big 10, the big 10, uh, at its, at its best in, in not just, I just shouldn't say it's best, but in its, in its, uh, run first, stack the line. Yeah. Furor of a, you know, the big Ten pulled out four years ago. Yeah. I mean, but it was like, that was it. Like you, like, you could dominate a game and win 13 to six. Uh, and so I grew up in that. So like, that's kind of the, um, the mentality I have, I'd rather see like the best Michigan game I ever saw was when they beat Purdue five, nothing in the mud, five, nothing. It was great. Yeah, like those, um, those games are fun. Don't, but, but, but the, the offensive, like even I'm not a particular fan of any individual college football team, except for my alma mater is like, I'll just watch a game for two teams just because the sport is so chaotic. And when right. you all this offense that just produces insane amounts of chaos and i right i know you love the chaos yeah that's definitely true i can't argue with that i mean it's the same thing for me in baseball i'd rather watch a one nothing two one game than like you know eight six or something like that i love the pitching um there's just something about that i'm not sure what that says about me it makes sense that it's both of those things i guess uh but i don't um I like hitters too. So I don't really, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. that's coming from an outfielder and a wide receiver. So I'm not really sure how that all lines up, but, yeah. uh, but uh, you know, it's, I, I feel like it's more like me feeling like more like I'm getting old and being like more of a curmudgeon. <laughs> I'm just like back in my day, we didn't have to score 50 points to win. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but yeah. Just, just, just interesting. Like what, one of the, was it unity Christians uh, state finals football game? They lost, to Chelsea in the final and it was like 56 or 58 to 52 nice. in overtime, which is great or 55, 52, whatever it was, which is great. But you look at it and you go, the state championship team allowed 52 points in the final and won. Yep. Like it just, it's so wild to me that yeah. that's even a possibility. That's so many points to give up. I love it. I but, love yeah. It. That was a chaotic game. I did watch that. My wife went to Chelsea. So, oh, and then imagine. obviously Unity Christian is from, you know, from this side of the state and it's part semi-local. So I, that was the one game that I watched. Yeah. I um, can, that sounds absolutely chaotic. It um, was nuts. It. it was nuts. So that was probably one of the most nut, nuts high school state championship games I've seen. Um, even though I was watching that one on TV, not in person, but yeah. 
Yeah, just crazy. So, all right, so back to the football playoff. Now we've got an Alabama-Georgia rematch. Alabama put the stank on Georgia in the SEC yeah. title game. It was not so, close at all. What do you think? What do you think uh, happens this time around? Yeah, I mean, like I, I said earlier, it's really hard for any team to beat the same team twice in any sport, but football probably more so than others. Um, you know, dang well, Kirby Smart and his staff have just been analyzing that SEC title game tape trying to get better and see what they did wrong and, 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 you know, make a point of emphasis. And I think another part of that game was just sort of Georgia knew they were in the playoff already. Like they were, they could lose and still make the playoff. Alabama needed to win. If Alabama lost, they weren't going to make the playoff. So I think a lot of it was just sort of, you know, yes, we want to win the sec title. Absolutely. That's a huge point of pride, especially for sec teams, a conference title that that means a lot, but you know, we still going to have a chance at a national title regardless. Um, but now, you know, all chips are on the table. Everything's like no holds barred. It's, 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 it's pedal to the metal the entire game. Um, and also, I'm, I'm going to pick Georgia to win. I think it'll be a close game, much closer than the SEC title game was. And I'm picking Georgia to win solely because I have picked them to win the national title game since this summer. Um, and that has been my team to rock with since day one of the college football season. So I, I can't change it now. We're, we're, we're so close to home. So I'm going to pick Georgia to win. Um, I say Georgia wins by five points. All right. Good. Good, go good, 30, good. 35, 30. That would be my score. That's good. Cause I'm picking Alabama. <laughs> um, I, I think that, you know, the big moments, Alabama just finds a way they, they have this mystique. And I think that this mystique works both ways. I think, People are so worried about Alabama's like mystique against them, you know, which I don't, I don't think Georgia has as bad as most teams do because they see them every year. Right. But the mystique also works for Alabama kids having that extra boost of confidence yeah. that in every big moment they get it done. And I think that that's, uh, you know, that's going to be enough for a close one. I definitely agree. It's not going to be anywhere near as, lopsided as it was the last time yeah uh, but there's just something obviously about alabama this new york yankees la lakers of college football that just continues to um be a step ahead of everybody um it's just the run they're on in the last eight nine years too is just incredible yeah um, overall when you think about how many players come and go how many players have left early because they're first rounders yeah, And it just keeps, this machine just keeps on going. And I think that that's incredible. I don't like it. I don't like that. It's, I mean, I don't like a lot of people from, you know, around here hate Saban because he went to, he was at Michigan state and then he left and then, you know, he couldn't do anything like that at Michigan state and all this kind of stuff. And people don't like him because of his personality and other things and don't like Alabama for whatever. I just don't like it. I personally in sports, I don't like it when it's the same team wins all the time. I mean, so it's, it's not, it's not, I don't have anything personal against Alabama at all. Um, you know, the better team should win, but it's, uh, I, it, it, they have, they're the only team that has the ability to, for me though, is to make college football a little stale because it seems like it's the same thing. Yeah. Like we had those years. Where it was like, well, it's Alabama and Clemson in the final every year, you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah. it's not, not that I, dislike that per se it's just when it gets to the same you know i don't care who the teams are if it was you know if it was old miss in minnesota every year i would be you that know would, the same way that would be awesome but for a little while but it was you know um but like it would just you know 
So I don't know. I, yeah. I think in, in a lot of sports, particularly pro sports, like obviously you, I tweeted something along these lines this weekend um, in pro sports, obviously the main goal is a lot of money on the line and everything and, and, and people's livelihoods at stake. The main goal is to win a, a, a championship, whether it be a Super Bowl, World Series, XYZ. But in college football, if you're a college football fan and you're the only reason you're watching college football is to, you know, hopefully see your team make the, the playoff or, or, or win a national title game or even a New Year's Six game, then you're just solely just watching college football entirely wrong. I mean, it is it is a sport that is uh, arguably I don't care more. I, I don't care a ton about who wins the national championship. Of course, I'm going to watch it because it's interesting and it's newsworthy. But right. like, I don't care who wins that. I, I'm much more intrigued about who's going to win the, the dang Music City Bowl between Purdue and Tennessee. Like that game was so much fun. I'll, I'll, college football has the ability to have just everything about it so much fun. The Rose Bowl, which is an iconic game. Everybody loves the Rose Bowl. I mean, that game was insane. Ohio State's receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba had like 7,000 yards that game. Um, right. He was their wide, he's their wide receiver three going into the season, but two dudes opted out and he just pops off. Um, and then Utah, obviously the storyline they had this year with the two kids passing away and, and, and playing for them, making their first Rose Bowl. That's an incredible story. And for sure. you get incredible stories like that. All 130 teams in college football have a story like that. And that's why I love right. college football because there's all so much fun and emotional and, and crazy stuff going on. Um, and it just feels like, especially if you're rooting for your alma mater, it just feels like it's part of your family as opposed to rooting for some organization that doesn't know you exist. Right. You know for I mean? sure. That's, that's the best part about college football for sure. And um, and I've always loved that as a whole, but, but football just seems maybe it's just cause I'm from the South and college football has been ingrained in me since I was a child, but it's just, it's something about college football. It's just, it hits different than any other sport out there. Yeah, it is for sure. And especially because that resonates everywhere. Whereas yeah. like, so I grew up. I mean, so I went to Central Michigan and I felt that, you know, about Central sports, especially, I, I mean, I was covering Central sports for the newspaper too, as well as what, just watching as a fan. You know what I mean? There's a lot of layers when you're, yeah. you know, uh, in college, but like I grew up in, uh, I grew up in Ann Arbor and University of Michigan has that for everything. Yeah. They have that fury and that confidence and that pride and that ego about everything you will see at a Michigan football game, they will have 113,000 people give the gymnastics team a standing ovation for winning the big 10 championship. Yeah. This, the next week, that same group will cheer even louder for some sort of Michigan robotics team that did yeah. something like they want. And that's to me always been the difference between them and Michigan state or them and everyone. I mean, there's a handful of, places kind of like that ohio state's kind of like that usc's kind of like that notre dame's kind of like that um texas used to be kind of like that um but like michigan wants to be the best at everything and they yeah. put that pride into everything now most schools do that for football and that's what you're talking about and i love that about it and that gives that that extra that extra oomph to everything that they do and i think that that's really awesome and that's the best part about college football because like going growing up in ann arbor going to michigan games and going to michigan other sports and everything like that then going to central michigan which is still a division one program and seeing nobody in the stands sometimes it's really awkward like it's just like i never expected that to be the case like so 
but then you know you got some of the smaller schools you got to get good you know yeah it's, it's a it's a building it's, process. it's a process you know whatever but, you know there, but, there's, there's nothing quite like getting home from work on a tuesday evening and flipping on central michigan university university of buffalo man and just right. watching the absolute <laughs> chaos that's going to ensue for the next four right hours. well and i love that the mac has that going that week throughout the week deal they did not when i was in school they had like no that's relatively new i think they had like one thursday night game yeah and that was uh when we were there western was ranked western so western had a, a few of those games yeah um but uh I, yeah as a as a former student support staff member um who traveled with the team that seems like absolute hell on earth um oh yeah i have to a Tuesday like, game and all these kind of things. Travel on a Monday and Tuesday and miss so much class. That's right. absolutely. It sounds awful. I mean, it um, really does. Good for those kids, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, yeah, by the oh, point of, I just sidebar that that Western team that was ranked central beat them. Uh, my, right, it was right. my, uh, my junior or senior year. It was uh, central only won like two games. <laughs> Oh, and uh, and one of them was spoiling matter. their spoiling their undefeated season. They won the games matter. That's that's which that's was a beautiful thing. That's the other thing about college sports, man. If you could go zero and ten or zero and eleven, but as long as you beat your rival, everybody's happy. That's right. That's the only time I ever rushed the field, and I didn't really rush the field. People rushed the field. I like stepped lightly onto the field <laughs> just to just to be a part of it. But just I stood way did. away. You know, like. It was, I was, I mean, like I wasn't covering the football team. So it's not like I ran down from the press box for that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't ever want to cover football, even when I was the editor there, because that was like the one place where I could enjoy that atmosphere as a fan. Um, so, so, and plus I was a music person. So I like sat like in the band really basically not in the band, but in the band Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, would yell at all the band people and you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. but but i you know sat in the front row on the other side of the field and that back where, when students sat there at central and it was just there's just there's just something about it and uh i i love that i don't feel that way about pro sports well i mean i i feel like you can kind of feel that way about baseball because college baseball is not quite the same in most places but you can't feel that way about basketball no or the nfl or yeah, even so. hockey. I mean, if you're really a hockey person, you're college at hockey. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, for the most part. I mean, like, I still have that. I mean, like, there's nothing. I mean, same thing. There's nothing like going to a Michigan hockey game and having the band have to play so loud because of all the filth that the students are hurtling at the other <laughs> team. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been to a college hockey game. I understand. Oh, man. Understand. Oh, man. It used to, like, Michigan was under, like, was threatening to get sanctioned. And all this kind of stuff because these chants that they would do after guys got penalties or whatever, and it would just get. Uh, when I was a kid, it was like, okay, it was funny because I was a kid, and like you were hearing people say stuff, you know, yeah. like they they'd be like, "Hey, Bowling Green back at full strength," and everyone would yell, "They still suck!" And you, when you're <laughs> when you're ten, you, that's the funniest thing in the world, um, you know, and stuff like that. And but like they. Uh, you know, like when they, they had this chant, we want more goals, Siv, 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 Siv at the goalie. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. And then somehow between when I was a kid and when I got to college, it became after it's all your fault, this list of profanity. Oh, 
that went after that that I didn't experience as a child. Yeah. Uh, but they tried, they like they were threatened to sanction Michigan hockey games. They were gonna not let the students play. And finally, some brilliant mind at Michigan just said, Why doesn't the band just play really, really loud then? And no one will hear. <laughs> that's <laughs> so that's pretty much what happens. Now they get away with it because uh the band plays so loud you can't hear what they're saying anyway but you can see them all you know pouring and doing all this stuff um it's it's wild i heard it once before the between when i was a kid in the band i heard it all once and i was like stunned like i was like wow people are saying that out loud like i was i was really uh you know i was i was like watching watching parents cover their kids ears and stuff around it was just it was too much and uh but you know but that's the swearing part aside, the atmosphere where of a student section at a hockey game is nuts because you don't have that at a Red Wings game. You don't have the entire um, the entire arena start chanting "ugly goalie" when the goalie <laughs> takes off his mask to take a sip of water, yeah. or like you don't have. You, there's so many layers of that that like that you miss you don't have that kind of stuff you know and so i i appreciate college sports so much and obviously football is the ringleader in all of that but it's uh it's definitely fun for sure and we've had seven to try to weave this back into the local here instead of the you know who's who and what's what of dan's past um we had seven kids on bowl teams from the area this year um not not a ton of them played a bunch but it was still there's still something to that. I mean, Luke Buckman was a four-year Michigan player. He's from Holland. I mean, like he could have gone smaller and played, you know, but he wanted to be a part of that and uh, got his Big Ten championship ring, or will get it whenever they have those, you know, whatever. That's 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 awesome, you know. <laughs> like um, Adam Burkhorst plays at Michigan State. Uh, he plays a bit. Um, he's been balancing a lot of things with baseball and obviously his dad being sick and and stuff. So. Um, he probably didn't play as much as he could have this year, but, uh, he's, you know, still an underclassman as well at central Michigan. We got chase Petty from Zealand West and Tommy Beckman from Saugatuck. Um, at Western, we've got Boone Bonima from Zealand East and he played, he played some and, uh, Blake Bosma from West Ottawa. Um, is that seven? Well, you forgot the main one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. I was getting to it. Yeah. Zach Van Valkenberg from West from Zealand West, uh, obviously a starter defensive end for Iowa had eight tackles and two sacks in the, uh, in the bowl game, but what a heartbreaking loss. Um, so he's going to, I mean, he's, he's going to be drafted. Wouldn't you oh, say? Yeah. I mean, I, we haven't had anybody in that realm. We've obviously had, we had Kirk cousins and he was drafted in, Funnily, now looking back with just, I mean, I know that he's had ups and downs and, you know, he missed this game with COVID and there's a lot of talk about whatever. He's still been an NFL starting quarterback for like seven years (laughs) and he was barely drafted. He was drafted by Washington as a specifically as a contingency plan for RG3. So like, yeah, I mean, we always know this about the draft. I mean, obviously Tom Brady was a last round draft pick and other things, but like we haven't had, we've had some Grand Valley kids drafted, obviously Matt Juden is uh yep. you know there we had Keontae Marshall from Grand Valley he was drafted um you know you get that every now and again but like Cousins we were you know we were we were pretty sure he was going to get drafted or at least signed you know yeah at that yeah. point um but uh to have a non-quarterback look like a pretty sure bet to be drafted is pretty exciting 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll go in like the he, he won't be a first round draft pick or anything, but but I no. mean he'll he'll be a mid to late round pick, I I think. And if that doesn't happen, he'll certainly get signed somewhere. Um, right. I mean, he played really well. Yeah, I mean, he's played really the well last two all, years all season and all and last year as well. Like he's, I think he's been all Big Ten two years. The last two years, yeah. Is he? He's transferred from a JUCO, so like he's only been in Iowa a couple of years. Not um, two. Hillsdale's yeah. a two. Yeah. Not um, JUCO. Oh wait. Oh. Yeah. Oh, he transferred from D two. Okay, I, I, from D two. Yeah, I assumed it was Juco. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, still, I mean, he's still, yeah. You weren't expecting that at all, and uh, he just kind of in that first year at Iowa, I was like, all right, so he transferred to Iowa to play at the Big Ten. Great, whatever. Not fully getting the picture that he was playing behind a senior All American defensive end. Yeah, yeah, first and round. And then that he was the next in line for that. Yeah. And then last year he just exploded. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, this no, was he's, so he's very. It was unexpected. Now, I don't want to say it was unexpected that he played, but I wouldn't expect, I don't think it's fair to expect anybody would think that he would go from Hillsdale College to not hardly playing to then being all Big Ten. Like that is. Yeah. That that was quite the road, and then he backed that up again. Same kind of thing, all Big Ten kind of a season, and uh, he and Iowa's defense was fantastic, and he was an integral part of that. Um, they had a good pass rush, and they had a good they they kind of mirrored Michigan's defense in some things, um, which was kind of fun to watch. Kind of fun to watch him line up as you know number ninety seven, and then have Hutchinson line up as number ninety seven in that Big yeah. Ten title game. Like that was pretty cool to watch. Obviously, he's not as good as Aiden Hutchinson, but few are. Yeah. Um, but to to see to think that he could be like a third, fourth, fifth round pick, you know, and at least to have a shot. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. We don't get that very often, obviously. Um, it yeah, seems like we're doing that. In, we are getting that in baseball like every year now. We've had like five guys drafted in the last six years or something like that. It seems yeah, like bit, four. A bit different. It's a, I would say it's very different, actually, in terms of baseball. Well, sure, of course. Um, of course. But we never had that either. You know what I mean? Oh, like, okay. before this stretch, there had only been three, four guys drafted in 100 years. Or not 100 years. Oh, the draft has only been around since 1969. So there had only been, like, two, three guys before that at all. Um, so just, just really interesting that we've got that going on now. We could have multiple NFL players. we got an NHL player Luke Wachowski's back up with the Red Wings. We got these four professional baseball players. It's, uh, Do you have anybody in the majors? Nobody in the majors okay. at this point. Nobody's been in the majors since Andy Van Hecken uh, in like 2001. Is he related the, to Jackson uh, Van Hecken, I would assume? It's his uncle. Okay. okay. Yep. So, yeah, his dad, Dan Van Hecken, was a great basketball player, and it's his brother. Uh, full of the, the whole team, that whole family's full of basketball players, and somehow Andy became a major league pitcher. <laughs> well, it worked out. So, uh, yeah, it totally worked out. So, uh, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. It's kind of cool to see that in a lot of different ways. We've had some, you know, in the last few years, we've had people play on like Team USA for swimming, for volleyball, track and field. Like, we're getting to that elite level from the area in more than just swimming and football, uh, which is uh, incredible because I yeah, never expected that <laughs> really. So um, yeah, we had somebody out traveling on the like college version of team USA volleyball at one point, a couple years ago, like anyway, just, just kind of cool. Just, uh, you know, makes me reflect a little bit on that. So uh, on just how cool it is to work here when we've got so many things, happening on so many different levels of, of, of play. So um, we'll talk more uh, next week about 
Hope Basketball. They had a couple games canceled because of COVID protocols and such this week. Postponed. Hope, what was that? Postponed, not canceled. Because the medical postponed. Thank you. Exactly. Postponed. Excuse me. Yeah, it's postponed. Uh, and then they play the Hope men play at Calvin next week, so we'll have much more to talk about there. Um, high school basketball. Uh, we're just getting back into the the, the throws of things. Uh, Holland Christian lost a close one to Covenant Christian last night. It was a good game. Jalen Obery had a big game. Cruz, he had a big game. It just, uh, you know, one of those, I think it was a six-point game, a really, really good high-scoring, it was like 70 to 64. Um, I don't ever see those games. I always see like the 38 to 32 games for some reason. I'm not really sure why that is. Um, but uh, so, and then uh, – Will, you were at Zealand East versus Unity. I mean, obviously, Unity is uh, Unity Christian's yeah. a very seasoned veteran kind of a team. Yeah, um, I mean, that's a very, 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 very good team. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Zealand East is very just inexperienced. Uh, I'm excited to see they're playing, they're playing Holland on Friday night. Um, and I think that'll be a really good team game for both teams. Uh, not necessarily – I don't want to say Holland's inexperienced because they do have a lot of uh, guys with experience, including Jackson Van Hecken. Um Zealand East has a lot of seniors, but they just, you know, don't have a ton of court time or at the varsity level, just because, you know, they've had the same six guys playing on the varsity for the past three years and now they're all gone. So now it's just a whole, you know, reload uh, group of guys. Um, so when they play Holland, they'll be three games in and they've looked better and better each game. Um, had a tough draw against unity last night. Uh, you know, they got beat pretty handily, but you know, unity is going to do that to people. Most teams do. Yeah. Yeah. So uh Holland should be a good uh, a measuring stick kind of thing to see where this where this inexperienced group stacks up in terms of where the uh, the local teams. So I'm, I'm excited to watch that one for sure. And then the same two teams match up on the girls' side. That will be a, an interesting game to see where that's going on too. I mean, obviously Holland is doing better than they've done in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost to Holland Christian. So this will be their first game uh, back after that. And then Zealand East has dealt with their. Uh, with their share of injuries and stuff this year, but they're coming off a decent, decent showing at the cornerstone tournament. So it'll be a kind of a good, good uh, litmus test for both the girls teams too, to see yeah. how they are going into their conference season now. So um, yeah. I'm excited about the Holland's girls team. They're, they're fun to watch. Um, and they're, they're a fun team to cover too. They have big personalities and, and their coach Dan is great. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch them. Uh, if I get out there a couple more times this season, uh, for sure. For sure. It seems fun. I, I don't think you've covered them yet. So that you, you'll have a good time Friday night. Yeah. It's, it's just seems like we're at a point with the high school teams where we don't have that great team. Like we had with Zealand East last year, the boys, yeah. or like we've had with the Hamilton girls for so long. We kind of um, thought Holland Christian would be not to that level, that Holland Christian would be that, but so far they're sort of, I mean, they're good. They're certainly an above they're, average. They're quite good. I mean, but I would say they're probably the best. Uh, Christian boys. League, yeah. Boys team. I mean, right. I, I mean, I don't think they played West Ottawa, but that would be Holland Christian girls might have the best girls team. Surprisingly. Oh, West Ottawa though. West Ottawa. Oh, beat I, haven't them. Seen, I haven't seen West Ottawa. Play. Yeah. West Ottawa beat them. West Ottawa has got the best girls team around okay. um, this year, but uh it's but holland christian is way better than i thought girls wise uh, boys are are boys wise everybody seems to be better than i thought this year and i think just just as a as somebody who has to cover all the teams that's really exciting when everybody's doing better than you expected because uh you know that that just it just shows that you know improvements are being made and things are happening and it's it's just it's fun keeps us on our toes we it's we obviously like seeing teams uh do well i mean you know, we're obviously objective reporters. We don't root for anybody, but we 
you know, it's always a better story when the t- local teams do well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when there's players and teams that have that personality, like you're talking about, it makes the stories better, makes it more fun, makes watching them more fun. And it makes, uh, you know, the community draw better too. So, yeah, uh, exactly. but we'll keep you all posted on that and we'll get into some other sports too. We've got some decent, um, wrestling and swimming events next week and uh we will we will be able to talk a little bit more about that after next week too so uh stay warm i mean we're in the middle of like this big snowstorm that canceled all the school right now um as of this recording but uh you know no hope no hope games wednesday thursday um if it's if if it's safe to do so go out and watch some basketball on friday and uh we'll be back next week to uh to discuss the, the weekend's events just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.